the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Let's get underway with the Thursday show here on the Dave Ellswick show. And uh, J.R. Davis is with us uh, now. And J.R., how's it going with you, my brother? It's going pretty well, Dave. How's uh, how's everything going this morning? We're good. We're going to welcome with us on the show right off the bat, J.R., Paul R. Lawrence. Dr. Lawrence uh, was nominated by President Trump to serve as the 7th Undersecretary for Benefits uh, for the VA and was confirmed by the U.S. Senate back on uh, April 26 of 2018. As Undersecretary, he leads more than 24,000 employees in the Vent- uh, Veterans Benefits Administration in the delivery of benefits programs for veterans, including disability compensation, pension, and fiduciary Uh, education, home loan uh, guarantees, vocational rehabilitation and employment, life insurance, and the transition assistance program. And Dr. Lawrence, uh, what else is in there? Seems like you got everything but the kitchen sink. Well, thank you, Dave, and thank you for your service. But as you know, America is very generous to its veterans, and as part of the obligation, you know, you commit to us, and we commit to you. And so at the Veterans Benefits Administration, we're administering what America promised its veterans. It's over $120 billion every year. Yeah, what's important for everybody to understand, and the reason that we have you on right now, is that you have a telephone town hall meeting coming up today at 4 o'clock our time. And uh, anyone who wishes to participate can uh, dial in at 844-227-7557. And uh, all questions are on the table, correct? That's right. And they call in. Um, what happened is a few, few minutes of me talking, and then it'll be I take questions directly from our veterans. I want to hear from them, you know, get them information. If, unfortunately, something's gone wrong, figure out how we're going to fix it. And as a leader, I need to understand how this happens so others don't have the same situation. So you're basically going to be talking towards COVID-19 because that's really thrown a monkey wrench into everything. Can you kind of explain to my uh, VA listeners, uh, my my veterans out there and retired veterans about how this has really been a real challenge for you all. 
sure. Well, one of the things from a, a benefits program, is a, a sense, we've been pretty good about doing getting benefits out because we were teleworked enabled, so our employees are at home, like most of America. But as we reopen, we know we've got to get some of the things started again. So that's what we'll be talking about. The big thing is what's called the comp and pen exams. When you apply for disability, we have to have a medical professional look at you to make sure we got the right conditions understood so you get the right benefits. We're anxious to get those started so we can get the new claims process and get benefits to our folks. But yes, that's what we're trying to do. Let them know the VA is still here. We haven't stopped doing business. It's just been a little different, but we're anxious to return to the new normal. All right. So two of the main topics that you'll be uh, talking about is going to be remote services during the COVID-19 outbreak. And then something that has concerned me for several years now, and I know concerns people in the government who work with veterans, and that is the number of veteran suicides. Uh, Let's talk about, first of all, uh, your remote services during COVID-19, and then we'll move right into talking about suicides. Sure. A lot of what you can do with us still is the same. You can get us at va.gov, or you can call us to talk about your benefits at 1-800-827-1000. And even for counseling and the like, we're doing telecounseling. The hospitals are doing telemedicine. We're really trying to make it as seamless as possible for the safety of our veterans as well as the staff. So we've really sort of, you know, leaned into that like everybody has and tried to figure out what makes sense. We've been pretty good about that, trying to meet the veterans where we are. And even on the Teletown Hall tonight, I'll find people whose, you know, main way of wanting to communicate is via the phone. So we're trying to find all the ways veterans want to interact with us. Has the interaction on the Internet gotten better now? I mean, look, we're not talking about a bunch of real young persons. I mean, I'm 67, <laughs> and some some folks my age and older don't really like to use the Internet, but it is probably, as far as I'm concerned, the best way to communicate. Right. So we tried real hard to talk to our veterans about what the experience is when you come to our website. And you're right, it's always a dilemma. We have to present a lot of information. It can be hard. That's why we offer a toll-free number, and we let anyone know, call us. We will help you. We're here to help you. And I know the Arkansas Department of Veterans Affairs has the same kind of service with their service officers. So we really want to you know, be available for technology, if that's the way you want to interact with us, or over the phone, and quite frankly, as soon as we can reopen again, in person. Veteran suicides. Just a few years ago, we were really behind the eight ball as far as that's concerned. Have we gotten in front of the problem, or at least pulled even with it, so to speak? Yeah, I'm not a medical professional, but I would tell you I think we're pulling even. The first thing is, of course, as you know, the president's devoted an awful lot of attention to the VA and resources and money and tools. He's also appointed our secretary head of the National Task Force on Suicide, recognizing that it is a national problem. The number, the statistics are not increasing, so I guess I call that pulling, uh, pulling even. But we also have two new programs I'd like to tell you about. One is what's called Solid Start, where we call our veterans in their first year becoming a civilian again three times to connect them with the VA. Because as you know from your experience as well as mine, you leave the world's greatest team, the U.S. military, and suddenly you're a civilian. It can be a little bit disconnecting. So we want to call them, talk to them, and say the VA is here. We answer their questions. We don't talk at them. And we follow up with an email. So, you know, that's available, and that's how we begin. The other thing is, of course, is the crisis hotline. 
anyone in crisis, they think their friends in crisis, or buddies in crisis, they can call us 24-7 at 1-800-273-8255. There you'll talk to a real person, not an answering machine. Well, the secretary said yesterday the average call is answered in 10 seconds. It may be something as simple as a conversation. It could be something as urgent as rallying community resources to go to the veterans' home to let them to prevent them from harming themselves. So we're really trying to, you know, figure out every way we can we can let veterans know they're not alone. We understand, and we're here to help. Well, this uh, call-in program should help tonight. It goes down at four o'clock our time. And again, you can talk directly to Dr. Uh, Paul Lawrence, who is the Undersecretary for Benefits at the uh, VA this evening. He served in the U.S. Army, got up to be a captain. I salute you, but I'm sitting down right now. (laughs) Well, uh, thank you so much for your service. And, you know, to all the veterans who are listening, you know, thanks for their service. The family members of veterans, thanks for supporting them. And, of course, as you know, there's an employer out there, you know, I'm sure you're with me. We strongly urge them to hire veterans. They'll feel better, and it'll be good for business. Okay, that's tonight at 4 o'clock our time. If you wish to participate, you can do so by dialing 844-227-8. 7557. Lots of information that you can get from this town hall. And, uh, Doctor, we appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. All right. Dr. Paul Lawrence here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. He is the Undersecretary for Veterans Affairs Benefits. Okay. Back with you, JR. That was pretty interesting. Lots of stuff in that very short period of time we stuffed in. Yeah, you covered a lot in a little bit of time. I love that they're holding a uh, nationwide town hall uh, just to hear from veterans and, uh, and and on all the different issues, Dave, and, and you, you brought it up before, but all the different issues that, you know, uh, our veterans face. And then also, you know, just uh, some of the, uh, the frustrations, too, just uh, maneuvering the system that can sometimes be um, uh, a bit of a headache. I just I love that they have an opportunity to uh, hear from uh, the doctor and, and and answer any questions. So yeah. really, really neat opportunity. It's a system that is a bureaucracy and monolith- monolithic. Let me just say, it is not an easy system to deal with. And, mm-hmm. uh, of course, uh, there have, a, I think, numbers, if I'm not mistaken, where people be able to reach out locally to uh, folks here uh, in Arkansas as well. And our folks uh, in the VA do a pretty doggone good job, to be honest with you. Are you on the local side? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. 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 The folks Absolutely. here in uh, in Arkansas do a good job. They really do for the veterans. We got a lot of veterans Absolutely. in Arkansas. Uh, we got a lot more ever it. since we passed the, uh, you know, we're not going to tax your, uh, your uh, you know, Pay that you're getting, yeah, yeah. So that uh, that kept a lot of them here. You're exactly right. I think we got about a quarter of a million uh, veterans here in the state of Arkansas, and um, and I think that you know the the Arkansas Department of Veterans Affairs does does a really good job of just uh, you know making sure that uh, our veterans know that we're here. Uh, also, uh, you know, delineating the point that they're not the federal VA; uh, they are the the local state. Uh, veterans affairs but but they're here to help they're here to assist um and and i think that's really tremendous and to your point you know in 2017 when when we when uh, the legislature passed and the governor signed into law 
the bill that exempted all military retirement pay uh, from state income tax. Uh, that really separated Arkansas and put us uh, apart from other states because, you know, and as you know, Dave, when you leave the military, uh, it's it's a second career. It's kind of a uh, uh, sort of a new lease, if you will, because you're leaving one career that you put so much into, and now you're starting something new, uh, and you have to kind of figure out, okay, where do I want to start that new career? Well, and Arkansas has really given themselves an opportunity to to kind of be that destination for some of these retirees. Yeah, absolutely. And and those retirees aren't sixty five plus. Those retirees right. are like forty years old plus. That's right, and they have unique skill sets that they've learned while while uh, serving the country. Uh, and many of them uh, start their own businesses. Uh, and uh, you know, it's it's really phenomenal uh, that they can come into a place like Arkansas start that second career now i have to pay income taxes uh it's just sort of you know i love what he said you know we talked about at the beginning that uh, uh saying that you know you, you're committed to us and we're committed to you uh-huh. essentially the same thing here in arkansas we're saying look if, you know you serve our country we want you to know that uh you know as a state we appreciate you uh, and we want you here uh, and so i think that we're uh seeing a, a nice trend there with military retirees moving into the state uh, and giving back, and that's a good thing. Well, I'll tell you one thing that I'm I'm happy about, and that is that Dr. Lawrence is a veteran. Uh, he served in the military, so he knows uh, what uh, military veterans need and what retirees need, and things of that nature. And the you know the number of veterans that serve in government positions have gone down exceedingly over the last few years in fact when you get to congress when you get to the house and you get to the senate i think it's we're down to like one percent of those folks have any kind of military experience and it used to be in the in the in the past it was somewhere around 25 percent yeah no you're right and we talk about you know our senator our junior senator tom cotton i mean it's not a uh uh, and honestly, I guess, uh, you know, between, um, you know, the Senate, I'd like to know what that breakdown is, because like you said, it's just not the same anymore. No. Uh, and of those who, who have served, but, um, but yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. A lot of those people who sit on those committees for the military and stuff, uh, they realized and understood what, uh, the military was asking for and they knew when it was bs and they knew when it was uh, you know serious stuff and they could cut through the crap basically and and they did so well let's take a break and then we'll come back and let's talk about tearing down statues for a few minutes we'll do that here on the dave elswick show again don't forget a veteran benefits uh, administration telephone town hall meeting on va benefits and special operations during COVID-19 is happening this late this afternoon, 4 o'clock our time. And if you want to participate, all you got to do is call in at 844-227-7557. We're looking at 64 degrees, a little cooler today than it was yesterday. Yesterday, 72 degrees. But we're going to get a little warmer today. Yesterday, 86 today. About 88 degrees, it's going to feel like in the very high 90s. More coming your way. Dave Ellswick, show traffic and weather right now. 
All right, J.R. Davis from the Gilmore Group is my special guest, as he is every Thursday here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Coming up later in the show at 7 o'clock, Pastor's going to join us, who is going across the United States, state capital by state capital, and uh, holding a prayer visual at those state capitals. Pat Davis will join us at 7.30 to talk about health care. You know, I know that a lot of people forget about that with the COVID-19 that's going on. But there's a lot of things you need to understand that uh, is is happening and how uh, your health care and the way it covers it uh, happens. And Pat Davis will talk about that. Carrie Murphy in the 8 o'clock hour talking about the upcoming weekend uh, gun show. But Jr. is with us. And Jr. I don't know about you. But I about had enough of these people that are toppling statues and everything and doing it in the name of social justice when they're turn overturning statues of the the very folks who who fought for the social justice that they say that they stand for. Yeah, I think that there's just, you know, uh, the especially in 2020 day when you talk about with you know all the different protests and and uh, and now you know the toppling of of different you know monuments and statues and defacing these monuments uh you know the question is is kind of where does it where does it stop at some point uh and i think that um and really it's kind of on both sides i think you can rationalize keeping or getting rid of about just any statue in the united states but um, you know, it's one of those things where it just, it, it, it's, it's sort of, uh, a head scratcher because, you know, where, where does it stop? Where does it end? Um, and, and right now it just seems like, uh, the appetite is different, uh, than, you know, uh, the last time we had this conversation and you are seeing a great many of these statues coming down, uh, for the first time in, 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 you know, decades or since they were, uh, erected in the first place well not only de- decades but centuries i mean seriously yeah, some of, yeah, some of these statues are over 200 years old that's right i mean it's ridiculous i mean it, it's evident that people don't know who the people are that are uh have been immortalized in a piece of statue because they're tearing down for instance in new york a union soldier who was one of the biggest abolitionists during the civil war I mean, that's just it. There's no, there is not, you know, there's no education there. It's just people perceive something to be a certain way and then they act on it. It's sort of like that whole, you know, shoot first, ask questions later. Uh, that's exactly what's happening with this. And I think, Dave, we've talked about this uh, maybe even uh, the last time we were together was you know, the fact that Nancy Pelosi uh, uh, you know, kind of identified these, these statues in uh, uh, statuary hall there in Congress uh-huh. that had to do with the Confederacy and they're you know removing those and but it was just very arbitrary because they all they're basically looking for are you know the, the word Confederacy and uh, and there hasn't there wasn't really a lot of study on who these individuals were but I say that not because that was necessarily the wrong decision but then you have all these other statues that they may not have a uh, a direct tie, so to speak, on their plaque to the Confederacy, uh, but some of them were absolute Klansmen, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and so it's just one of those things where it feels like uh, kind of you know uh, that that you know 
attitude is sort of reflected in the leadership. And I think that that's what you've seen from some of the Democrats is just this super knee-jerk reaction without a lot of education uh, or thought into some of these decisions. It's just sort of like, we need to act, let's act now, here it is. Um, and, and I think that's kind of what you're seeing across the country as well, that you have some of these statues that for, there's no good reason at all to tear well, them down. Let's, talk, let's down. talk about it when we come back. we got to get to the all news. Right. We'll do that. J.R. Davis, my guest. Hey, i got to ask you a question, J.R. Have you seen this story about last night on Martha McCallum on Fox? She had the head of uh, the Greater New York Black Lives Matter uh, president on Hawk Newsom and uh, was talking to him and he said directly that uh, violence is sometimes necessary in these situations and then Martha McCallum said well what exactly is it that you're hoping to achieve through violence and of course he began the false narrative of well the America was founded on violence and we do our our uh, you know international relations by violence and on and on and on and uh, mark levin last night uh, because this guy said that they they'll just burn everything down and i I, i'm gonna have to play that that piece from batman again you know what i'm saying where alfred tells batman there's just some people that you can't deal with and all they want to do is see everything burn uh bottom line is is that uh, these mayors and governors who have been trying to handle this whole thing with kid gloves have to understand these groups have moved beyond peaceful demonstrations now. They're going to be more and more violent as we go along. I was reading the uh, quote from uh, the neighborhood group uh, that is trying to take down the Lincoln, uh, that Lincoln statue in uh, uh, the park and, and saying that, uh, hey, we believe in violence in uh, getting our goals. So, uh, what if if you were back in your old position and you were telling the governor how to, you know, talk to the people of of your state? What would you tell them? I mean, this is you know, I know what they're thinking. They're thinking, well, I gotta I gotta tread softly because we don't want to really tick them off. Well, guess what? They're already ticked off. They're already beyond you know kind of sitting down and talking with yeah i mean i think first and foremost you've got to separate those who uh are trying to uh peacefully uh get their message across and look you know i think anybody who saw uh the video of of um george floyd uh and the killing of george floyd and of course anybody who's seen some of the uh, you know, uh, the photos and things of Richard Brooks in Atlanta. Um, these are, uh, these are certainly, uh, uh, you know, kind of, uh, turning points, if you will, just because of so many eyes that have seen sort of the injustice, uh, with, with some of these situations. But I think it's just important, Dave, that we, we have to separate, uh, the two groups. There are those that are saying, look, we're frustrated. This has gone on too long. We've got to change things. Now it's time to do it. And so you have that group. Then you have the other group that, like, you know, I, and I am uh, familiar with the interview uh, on McCallum. I was reading an article about it this morning. Just the sort of language that was so easily used, um, you know, talking about that sort of violence. And, and if we don't get what we 
uh, we're, you know, what we want, then, you know, we're not afraid to do A, B, and C. That's, that's not uh, what I believe, you know, Dr. King marched for. Um, I don't think violence is the answer uh, to uh, a lot of the questions that we have right now. And all that's going to do, Dave, is continue to further the gap in America uh, uh, between the two sides. And I just, I think that it's a mistake. Uh, I don't think that it's helpful. Uh, and I certainly don't think that, uh, it, it helps the message of those who are coming at this from a more peaceful side. Uh, they just want to say, look, now's the time to change. Let's do it together. All right, let's move. I got uh, a caller on the line and he's a special guest. Because it's my little brother from fraternity, many many years ago, and uh, let me just tell him he's gone on to be uh, a real, you know, powerhouse in the business world. He was behind several uh, cell phone companies. Are you still living in uh, Florida, Cos? Are you out in California? Dave, how you doing? I'm doing all right. Hey, hey, just for everybody to know, this is a guy I talk about when I talk about Trump and I know how Easterners think. I base it upon this guy right here. You can tell he's from the East. He's from Jersey. But, uh, you know, where where are you now, Paul? I'm actually in Eastern Pennsylvania, so I moved back okay. to the Northeast. Okay. You, you've been missing the snow? Is that what it is? Uh, actually, to be honest with you, I missed the change of seasons. I, I was in Florida 15 years. Uh-huh. Uh, beautiful state, but it's you can go fishing in your shorts on New Year's Eve. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you you being from Chicago area, understand yes, it's I nice do. to have snow. Yeah. And, it, and yeah, so we moved back. Remember when we went up to Chicago and there's like a ton of snow on the ground? Are you talking Hammond, Indiana? I am talking Hammond, yeah. Indiana. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Of course I remember. All right. Nah, those were the good old days. All right. You want to talk about checks and balances. Check this out, JR. He's got, he's got an interesting uh, uh, thought here, and uh, I don't just bring anybody on. You know, Paul played in the high industry of big business, so tell us, uh, Paul, what you're thinking. Well, uh, thank you, I, I, and I appreciate uh, your time. And hello, Arkansas, great state. Um, what I've been looking at, I, I write a lot of articles now. Uh, a lot of it is for uh, actually the coronavirus, maybe for another day. But when I look at the government today, my biggest frustration, and I would imagine everyone's biggest frustration, is they, they fight too much. And the question is not that they're fighting as much as why are they fighting? And if you look at the Constitution, when the government, when the country first started, it was for the people, by the people, of the people. We started a democracy. And the point of a democracy was no more tyranny, no more kings, no more queens, no more dictators. The people will control their destiny. And uh, Lord Acton, ever hear of Lord Acton, Dave? Yes, I have. And I'm, I'm going to correct you. They didn't start a democracy. They started a democratic republic. Well, thank you. Well, Dave, your expertise will be greatly appreciated. <laughs> uh, okay. But, well, Dave, you were really good at that in college. We both know. But what he said is absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yes, he did. How many? How many people have heard that statement? And what it really means is, any person who has total control, 
whether it's in the United States or elsewhere, um, it's probably not a good thing. And that was never the intent of this nation. So when I look at the blocking and tackling of our government, it occurred to me that when we look at what could we change with the checks and balances, it seems like we need to, those rules were put in place in the 18th century. This is the 21st century. They never knew about uh, digital media. They never knew about social media. Um, The population is uh, 330 million people in the United States. Uh, Back then it was much less. So as great as the checks and balances are, and they've lasted for over 250 years, they need to be updated for the times. Just like you do in baseball or football and basketball, you change the rules for the current times because the rules don't apply, uh, you know, 30 years or 40 years ago. All right. So so what are you suggesting? Okay, so I'm going to make some recommendations. And Dave, you shoot holes in it because as I've told people here, I've had people who love it and people who go, ah, wait a minute. First thing, let's talk about the Senate. Okay, 100 senators, 50 states, they're fighting. This is the absolute power to see who can control the Senate. Well, what if you couldn't? What if we change the election for the Senate where you have only one Republican and one Democrat? So the election would be something like this. You have the election for senator. The Democrats could have two or three candidates running. The Republicans could have two or three candidates running, but the one with the highest votes, so this would be uh, determined by popular vote, is the one that gets in. And no state can have two senators uh, uh, that are the same from the same party. So if you do that, what happens is, first of all, the TV commercials and the attacking a lot of that's going to go away because now the Democrats are trying to get their best candidate in, as are the Republicans. And there could be other parties, but for the last 150 years, it's really been Democrats and uh, Republicans. So what that means is, at the end of the day, the Senate will be 50 Republicans, 50 Democrats. No control of the Senate. Now, instead of these guys fighting for control, they have to work together. Isn't that what the intent of our forefathers was to begin with, work together to make the government better. Okay, so what do you suggest for the House? Well, for the House, that's the House is more interesting because the, the House has uh, 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 538 members. You need 270 uh, members to control the House. But the span of control is really the issue. In the beginning, when they first set up the House of Representatives, the span of control was 30,000 people per district because a a representative has their own district. Now it's over 700,000. So the bottom line is there's just too many people for them to manage, which is why they are uh, uh, redistricting. But what I would recommend for the House, since they have been talking for many years to expand it, is double the number of members. Just double it. And then every district would have two House of Representative members We do it in the Senate. There's two senators for every state. Why can't there be two House members for every district? And then you apply the same uh, rules. You only can have one Republican and one Democrat per district. So you could run as many candidates as you want for your party. There's only one winner. 
So the bottom line is the House, at the end of the day, would be half Republican and half Democrat. So the legislative branch, uh, the one of the three, is split 50-50 in both the House uh, and, the, and the Senate. And this way, they're not fighting for control because this is all about absolute power. If I control the House and the Senate and I'm president and I have a judicial uh, system where they're conservative, if you're Republican, uh, liberal, if you're Democrat, I control everything. That's absolute power. That's unacceptable. And that's what I would do for the House. Okay. when we come back, we'll talk more about this. You got to get a break in. Jr. you've heard it. I'll have you offer your thoughts. I'll offer my thoughts. And Paul will have to just sit back and take it. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Dave. All right. We'll be back in a moment here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. Back with uh, Paul Cosma, my little brother from fraternity. We were both teaks, just so you'll know. And uh, former COO, CEO of of. Digital is that correct, or, a, or cellular phones? Is that, that I think that's the correct terminology. It is, and it was for track phone wireless in Miami, Florida. And you were like the head honcho there for a long time, weren't you? I had the privilege to be up there. So what's interesting is I've actually seen politics from the highest levels. Some it's an experience. Once you do it, you never forget it. Um, which is why I I can relate to the politics of today. All right, I what you propose is interesting. I would think Jr. would even say it's interesting. Here's what I think you end up with: if you think you got gridlock right now, you'd have super gridlock if we did it the way that you're suggesting. What do you think, Jr.? See if my, he's my there. Thought is, there you go. Yeah. Sorry, Dave. Yeah. So I mean, I agree. I think you're going to have you're going to have gridlock. Uh, I think that's just the nature of where we are right now in politics. I mean, and also if you pull it back a little bit, I mean, the way things are now, it's not that new. Uh, We really started seeing the gap uh, between the parties really start in the late 80s uh, towards the end of Ronald Reagan's administration. You had sort of the emergence of Newt Gingrich and that new sort of party politics. Uh, Bill Clinton coming from Arkansas. And then the 90s, you really saw for the first time uh, that division uh, as far as, you know, just that stark difference in the parties. And ever since that time, you know, there's been this battle for control. And so I also think it's sort of, you know, not just political nature, but human nature. Even if it's 50-50, there's always going to be some play uh, to figure out how you can control uh, uh, either chamber. Uh, you know, now, do I think that something needs to change? You know, I don't know. Uh, maybe it does. I do think we've gotten to a point where it's, there's been a consistent uh, gridlock uh, in Congress for a long time now that, Dave, I mean, <laughs> anytime something actually does pass uh, Congress, it's it's newsworthy because it doesn't happen very often. And it usually follows some sort of, you know, uh, tragedy or natural disaster. And yeah. so and you know, I, we and can't I, even pass a budget on time. Hey, Jr. So. Here, here's something I do have to say that is different now than has been different uh, in the years that I've been paying attention to politics, and it's 67, that's a long time. Bottom line is that if the two parties could come to agreement on some major issues dealing with whatever huge major issue they're trying to do, like, for instance, uh, reform of the police that they're trying to do right now, if they could find 
out of 10 things they could find that they could come to agreement on eight, they would do that and then set the other two aside and try to work through those other two. Now we're at the point where one, the, the minority party, is trying to just stop the majority party. We're in a, an election year, and they don't want to uh, you know, give any credit at all uh, to President Trump, and so they're not going to work with the other party across the aisle at all. I mean, it's very obvious. Look at Schumer right now. Look, I, yeah, I think that, you know, actually I like the idea of thinking outside the box. I think there's, you know, things probably need to change uh, to, to some degree. Um, but again, you just wonder if, if there's got to be a sort of a willingness there to reach across the aisle and compromise. And I think that, you know, it's not necessarily the makeup of Congress and how we elect uh, or who we elect. Uh, a lot of it has to do with sort of the, the fringe players as well. I think there's a lot of people in Washington, D.C. that they kind of pull the strings. Uh, there's a lot of special interest groups that are involved. Um, I, I think there's there's a lot about the process that isn't working. Uh, but I also think, uh, you know, change isn't a bad thing. I mean, at one point, you know, uh, you know, the people didn't choose their senators, uh, and so that that changed. And so there's 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 a, I think that there's certainly a need to look at it and see how we can do it differently and perhaps better and something that will actually work. Uh, but I do think it, this the power struggle is always going to be there. I think it goes back to Paul what we talked about on some of those late night conversations when we were in college. <laughs> Gold, yeah. gold. He who has the gold rules, correct? That's correct. And and what I'm trying to do, and and obviously there, uh, there's no silver bullet to this, and it's more complicated than that. But what I'm what I'm trying to do is you got to start somewhere. And with this step, at least you know the parties aren't fighting each other for position. They're trying to get the best candidate in place. And yes, rules can be broken and people can do things. But if you have a 50-50 split, what you cannot have is absolute power. And when you talk about gridlock, unfortunately, these past three years, I think it's the, the biggest gridlock I've ever seen in my life. And it's amazing what President Trump has gotten through. Because he was a businessman, he's driven by metrics. And uh, he's the first president like that. And he has goals no matter what. However, the gridlock is real. I don't see how it would be worse. I actually think it would be better uh, because now all eyes are on two parties that have to work together as opposed to one fighting the other so they can't get control. And that's what this election is about this year, unfortunately. Yeah, just for everybody who's listening, now you know what my college years were like. <laughs> we <laughs> Wait till I get to the president. Okay, the, 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 I'm going to tell you what. I'm I'm out of time, Paul. I'm going to I'm be in touch with you, and we'll set you up for a half hour again in the very near future. All right. Well, I appreciate your time and uh, say hello to everyone in Arkansas for me. Well, you just did. Oh, I, that's even better. thank you, Dave. All right, appreciate you, Paul. Thank you, mate. Paul Cosma, who uh, was my little brother in college, and he was just known as cause all right hey jr inter- interesting <laughs> yeah. show today huh you weren't expecting to have you to deal with teaks i was about to say you had a uh, you had a jam-packed six to seven hour there Dave. <laughs> yeah we did we had a lot of people on we still got a lot of people to go thanks for being with me today 
All right, buddy. I'll see you soon. Oh, see you soon. J.R. Davis from the Gilmore Group here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Coming up, the pastor who's praying across America for the United States. And then Pat Davis, your health care man, going to be on as well. understand that the problems uh, that are going on in our country go far deeper just than just uh, bad people. Um, many of us believe, and I think rightly so, that, uh, you know, when Paul said that we fight, you know, principalities and powers basically in another realm, uh, that there is a spiritual battle going on that we don't see. Uh, we take that in the truth of, of Scripture, and because of that, uh, when I look at what's happening in our country, I think that there's a malevolent force uh, behind all of this. And uh, there's, a, there's a good uh, minority that's listening to that. And the father of lies has perpetuated his lies to make us think things that just aren't true. And we're going to have a pastor on here over the next few minutes by the name of George Witten. And uh, Pastor Witten is traveling across the United States and from what I've been told is step or stopping in every state capital to pray for our country. Is that right, Pastor? Bring us up to date uh, and make it uh, absolutely not- clear. Yeah, it's it's not every state capital. Um, the um, we are we're called to go across the nation to just start breaking down the strongholds and start breaking down the different events. There's actually an event coming up September 26 called the Return. Um, the rabbi that married my wife and I, a very good friend of mine, his name is Jonathan Kahn. He wrote a book called The Harbinger. He's written a lot of different books. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be doing a simulcast event at every state capital. And so uh, we are right now just going across the land and, and uh, kind of setting the the, uh, the ground and, and, and praying through events. Um, you know, we are scheduled uh, next week in Kansas City and Minneapolis. We're in Topeka on, over the weekend. We're just going across the country. Um, you know, right now it's a strange thing for me to be even in the States. Um, I got um, I don't want to say stuck. That's not a bad, that's a bad word because uh, God obviously <laughs> places our steps. Um, but I, I, you know, I, right now I'm torn because I really want to be back home. And I, I, I've been in Israel the last 16 years. I live in a town called Arad. It is probably one of the most persecuted towns for believers. And um, 
And right now I, I want to be next to my brothers and sisters holding arms with them with their, you know, when they're dealing with all the stuff they're dealing with over there. Okay, so, so you're, I, you're, I am, you're a Christian Jew then? Well, I, I'm not I'm not Jewish. My wife is an Israeli, born again. Um, her family actually helped build the state of Israel. Okay. Her great-great-grandfather actually came to Israel before Israel was even, there was even a call for Israel to come back. Um, he had a huge orange groves in a place called Petikva, which is just outside of Tel Aviv. And the irony is that the first prime minister of Israel, Ben-Gurion, worked on his orange mm-hmm. grove uh, when he was a young man. And uh, the, the family joke is that he was a terrible uh, orange picker because he was too busy reading books. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand um, that. So, And then the fourth prime minister of Israel, Levi Eshkol, was also worked on his orange grove. So um, there are streets in, in Tel Aviv and throughout Israel named after my wife's great-grandfather. All right, just, and, so, um, just, both, just, just for your... Uh, background we do a thing called the bible guys every tuesday here and uh, we believe in the hebraic roots movement within the jewish community and so uh, i think we probably have a lot in common oh absolutely well you know uh, one of the other things i do is i I write a a daily devotion i send out a daily brief called a worthy brief i run a site called worthynews.com and i send out a daily devotion on a hebraics roots you know, or he break understanding. Uh, the reality is that, you know, the, as we get closer to the end, you know, we're, we're, we're realizing how much was stolen in our identity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not that, uh, you know, when you, when you come to the realization, the full realization that when, when Jesus was here, he celebrated the feast, when he celebrated the feast, the feast, all they do, they're not uh, mandatory, so to speak, like compulsory. What they are is they're, they're designed to reveal who Jesus Christ really is. Sure. And 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 the deeper you get into the feast, you're, what you're building is a relationship. While people say, you know, you're being legalist. No, I'm trying to build a relationship with this guy that, that set up these feasts so that I could know him, could know his plan for the future, know how to walk in his steps in this time, in this hour. Yep. So, um, you know, when people get it that way, they're like, oh, well, tell me what you, you know, tell me what you're, what you're talking about. And, it's really easy then to share about Pesach or Passover or, or Shavuot or, you know, a lot of the different uh, Hebraic feasts. All right. So exactly what are you doing? I, I know you're going out and you're helping set up this evidently broadcast that's going to be coming. But do you do you believe like I do that the real battle is unseen right now in this country? Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, right now, you know, the, the problem in the world, honestly, is that, um, you know, the world is dealing with the, like a Hebrew, uh, Hebrew two problem. Uh, you know, it said that, you know, through death, he might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil to deliver them through the, that who through fear of death was all their lifetime subject to bondage. You know, it's this fear of death that kept the children of Israel not entering the promised land. It was the fear that, and right now it is almost overwhelming. I'm going across the country, you know, and I, I realize there's a lot of fear being instilled into people. But if that, if that same th- fear was instilled because you were driving, would you stop driving? I mean, somehow or another, we're, we're, we stopped living. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I'm, I'm kind of uh, heartbroken. Look, there's a, there's a reality. If you, if you have symptoms of COVID, hey, you need to stay home and, and, and protect the community around you. But if you're under, you know, 70 and and you're not at risk, 
live life, share this good news of the gospel. Share, you know, we got, you know, I don't know how we got to this place. Now, I'm not saying, you know, look, there's simple measures we all have to take. You know, if they say wear a mask, wear a mask. It's not a big deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you show symptoms, but otherwise, you know, I, I we're, we've lost the understanding of what, what, what the body is. Um, you know, because if the body is living, vibrant, moving, it's, it's, you know, it's not uh, sitting inside your house and not talking to anyone. So are I don't you, know how that happened. So are, are you getting groups of people together? Are you asking them to come and, and join with you in prayer oh, at absolutely. State Capitol? What absolutely. So, so my wife had this, this, um, this, this vision kind of uh, about a year ago and she saw these, this group of caravans and vans and musicians and dancers just going across the country, breaking down strongholds. Mm-hmm. And I, I told her, I said, hon, you know, we, 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 we're not in the States, you know, <laughs> we, we got to get back to Israel. Right. And uh, the irony is that we, we came here. Um, I was supposed to be back in Israel three days before I'm supposed to fly. My brother, who was 46, died of a massive heart attack. Oh, my gosh. I'm, so, and, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. And then, um, you know, obviously the funeral takes place. And then all of a sudden, we can't fly back. I, I'm in a situation. My wife's Israeli. I, I'm a bold proclaimer of the gospel. And because of that reason, um, I, they still haven't given me citizenship in Israel. I should have it. I should I, have had it. I understand ago. that. And um, because of that, I, I can't fly over. I, I, you know, I can't get back. And until they open up to international travels again, I can't get back. So, you know, as I, after I finished off, you know, my brother's kind of estate situation, I, I'm praying through. I'm like, Lord, what do you want us to do? And then I told him, let's do it. Let's just do the, the, the whole thing you were talking about last. Let's just go. And right. so we are now, uh, we, we started in Melbourne. We went to Atlanta. We went to Nashville. We went to Memphis. And now we're in Little Rock. We are on our way to Topeka. Kansas City, Minneapolis, and then we're going across the Dakotas into Seattle. Wow. Then we're from Seattle, we're going to Portland, going into Sacramento, uh, going over into Vegas, going down to Phoenix, and then coming back across to New Mexico, Texas. And then we'll do the, the east, eastern eastern board as we get closer to September 26th. Wow, man. So, you're going to be um, putting a lot of miles on your car. Uh, I, I do about twenty or 30,000 miles every every tour that we do in the States. Um, okay. But this isn't like a you know a fundraising tour or anything. It's really just, you know, we're just walking by faith. We're just expecting uh, something that, to happen. Look, I really believe that we're living in a, uh, you know, in an if-then kind of situation. If, if we see these things, if we see the pestilence, right, then if my people were called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the ways. Then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. I mean, that has got to be a promise that we hold to. That's a promise that we walk in. And we are expecting the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God that sent his son, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ, that came, is wanting to release his power, wanting to heal this land, and wanting to do something incredible. And so we're going to walk in that, and we're going to wholeheartedly believe that. All right. We got to get a break in, Pastor. If you'll stay with me, we'll be back, and we'll we'll speak awesome. some more. I want to talk with you some more. Pastor George awesome. Witten is our guest. Uh, we're going to tell how you can get with him and, uh, and, and get into prayer with him as well when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about PI Roofing. 
When it comes to doing your roof, there's only one place to call. That's PI Roofing at 707-3551, 707-3551, or visit them online. You do that at PI Roofing, one word, piroofing.com. And you can talk with them via the internet. You can talk to them over the phone. Keep That way you keep your social distancing. You protect your family. They protect the people who work for their business, which is their family as well. And you can get everything taken care of uh, that way. Uh, they'll talk to your insurance company. They'll work things out for you. They'll walk on your roof. They'll find out if there's problems that need to be taken care of. If you've got a leak, they're not called the roof detectives for nothing. They'll find the leak and they will repair it. That's PI Roofing. The phone number to call again, 707-3551 or visit them online, piroofing.com. If you were with us in the first half hour today, we had the undersecretary of VA benefits on and they were talking about a uh, four o'clock a call-in show, town hall show that they're doing today about VA benefits, and they gave us a number, and I repeated it several times. Well, they just called about 10 minutes ago and talked to Heidi, and they said that number wasn't the correct number that they gave us. So they gave Heidi the correct number, and let me give it to you now. 833-380-0417. That's 833-380-0417. 0417 and if you'll call that number at four o'clock our time you can be part of this whole town hall meeting that's uh, taking place today with the uh, veterans benefits administration under secretary paul r lawrence uh, who is the secretary for benefits uh, we're talking with uh, pastor george witten who's joining us it's a it's an honor to have him on uh, he's out doing uh, the Lord's work, and that's the best kind of work to be doing. Coming up at 735, Pat Davis will join us, your health care man, and we'll talk about you know COVID-19 and what you should know about health care insurance and things of that nature. But let's go back and talk to the pastor some more. Pastor, how can my listeners uh, meet up with you and get into these moments of prayer? Amen. So we're going to be at today, we're going to be at the state capitol in Little Rock on the Capitol steps at one o'clock. Okay. Doing, uh, you know, worship and, and breakthrough and prayer. And you have to understand every person that comes is important. Why? There's a power of exponential prayer. And this is what I always talk about in Israel. It's, it's never about a small number. It's the, it's the power of exponentiality. You know, it says in Leviticus 26, 8, Five of you shall chase a hundred, and a hundred of you shall put ten thousand to flight. And your enemies will fall by the sword before you. The idea is that you know when you have two people gathering together, it's really like four individuals praying together. You put three individuals praying together in unity, it's really like ten individuals praying together. You start putting together a hundred people, two hundred people, three hundred people. You have an exponentiality of power of prayer that that would it wouldn't happen individually. And that's why it's so important to gather together. That's why, you know, Hebrews says, look, the, the closer you get, the more you should actually get together. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I really believe there is power in prayer. I believe that God is at work today, that he didn't abdicate his throne. He didn't go ahead and say, I'm, I'm taking a time out now. He, he's, he's putting us into a test. 
And how will we rise up to the test of the day that we're in, the generation that we're in? And so we have to go ahead and, and, and realize who we are. We're kings and priests of the Most High God. We're part of this royal priesthood. That means that if you're born again, you know the Lord is your Lord and Savior. Hey, everyone is in this battle. Uh, there is no sitting on the sidelines. And right now, there is no uh, time to kind of, oh, I'll, 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 let, I'll let you all do it. You know, it's time to join. And so we're going to have this event at 1 o'clock at the Capitol Building today. Uh, I'm expecting uh, the, the main thing is I'm expecting God to show up. <laughs> and so I, I'm just looking forward to it. I, I hope that you all come on out. And um, hey, well, Dave. Hey, the Bible says where two yeah. or more are gathered, so will I be. So, you know, Amen. the Lord's going to show up, no doubt. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope you can make it out. I know it's short notice. It's short notice for a lot of people. Uh, you know, I, I t- you know, I was talking to someone yesterday. He said, "Well, I got to work." I said, "Look, all you got to do is walk and just do this." <coughs> Man, don't let you go home. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't suggest that. It's, it's a nice joke, but I wouldn't suggest it. But yeah, it's it's. I I agree with what you're saying. Uh, you know, very specifically, the main thing that I think has to happen in our country, and I, I let and we'll close on this note with you to. You can talk a little bit about this because the part of the scripture that you read at the very beginning about calling this country back uh, to be with God and have the power of God says that we have to repent. And repentance is, is the major crux of that whole that whole scripture. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I, I always like preaching out of um, um, Acts 3.20, you know, uh, it, when it says, repent, therefore, and turn again, that your sins may be out. There's a repentance on the salvation. That's the day we know we got saved, the day that our, our lives are completely transformed. But then it says that the times of renewal or the times of fresh breath, you know, the f- times of, of fresh spirit, that there should be a walk in our lives of daily repentance. I'm not daily repenting to stay saved. or, or I, I know the day I got saved, but I'm, I'm repenting daily to walk in fellowship, to walk in revival, to walk in, 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 in closeness. And I believe that because the enemy has stolen us out of the hearts, that that's why we're walking around, you know, trying to figure out what to do. But if we were in that state of repentance, in that state of revival, we're living in a day and age where each one of us has to hear individually from the Lord himself, because we're navigating things that no one else has ever had to navigate in these times. And each one of us, God is trying to speak to us individually and he's trying to navigate this, navigate us through these really tough times. And, you know, and um, I'm not sure how much time I have. I would tell you this crazy story about when I was on a, on a bus or almost on a bus bombing in, in Jerusalem, mm. um, in 2003, when I moved to Israel, I was going to Ulpan, which is Hebrew school, and I was getting ready to get on this bus. And I just something inside, do not get on this bus. And right. so I don't get on this bus, and I get on the bus behind it, and, and it is it is now going down. I'm thinking, why am I on this bus? Because i got to walk longer. And the bus in front of me that was, should have been on blew up. Wow. Now, that that told me each one of us, you know, we're navigating landmines. We're navigating through crazy stuff right now. And to each one of us, each one of us has to hear. We can't be like, you know, the children of Israel said, hey, Moses, you hear from God. You go up and you talk to God and you tell him what he said for us. Right. It, it, it can't be that way now. Each one of us has to be in, at that quiet place. You know, it's like God used this COVID thing to say, hey, everyone go to your room now. You know, lock yourself and, and, and you need to just hear from me. You know what I mean? I guess. And I really believe if we if we grab hold of that and we hear 
that God would start, you know, speaking to us the same message he's had from the beginning. Because the purpose of why it was set was to proclaim the kingdom of the Son, <laughs> and they proclaimed the kingdom is coming, that our day is almost here, and now we got to proclaim this good message. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. All right. And it's so much closer than it is today than it's ever been. All right. Pastor Witten is going to be on the steps of the Capitol at 1 o'clock this afternoon. Go join with him and seek the Lord's face, and uh, he's the one who can heal our land. Hey, Pastor, I appreciate you, all right? I really do. Pastor George Witten, if I don't see you, God bless you, and thank you for what you're doing and listening to the Lord and doing what he's called you to do. Thank you, my friend. We'll talk to you later. All right, Pastor George Witten here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Rush has got his moment now. So let's turn to him, see what he has to say, and then I'll be back with Pat Davis on the Dave Ellswick Show. But Rush has his time right now. Okay, let's see. We've talked about VA benefits today. I had my former little brother on from fraternity talking about how he'd like to change the way we do elections. And uh, he's nuts, but that's okay. And uh, in just the last uh, half hour, we talked to Pastor uh, George Witten, who's asking you to join him today on the Capitol Steps at 1 o'clock for prayer for our nation. And now uh, a good friend of mine who comes on about once a quarter and talks to you about how to save money with health insurance and how to get the most out of your health insurance and pat davis your health plan man is with us right now here on the dave ellswick show hi pat how you doing and how you holding up through the whole covid19 stuff great dave i'm just been busy actually i've been trying to learn a lot about marketing and it's been uh it's been a good experience for us actually we're making the most of it let's put it that way doing the old make hay while the sun shines right well, that's the way you <laughs> got to do it you can't you can't get out and 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 make hay hay bales while it's dark because you won't be able to see where they're at <laughs> true just the way just the way it is so pat uh we got to this whole thing with covid19 more than at any other time what people are doing with their health insurance is very, very important. And uh, mm-hmm. now's the time to save yourself some money because you can be spending a look. If you're COVID-19, let's say you came up and you had to be uh, tested to go get a test. Now, uh, if uh, you had to pay for it, it would be about somewhere between four and $500 for that test. And uh, I'm sure you've got some great information for us today about how to defray some of these costs that you might have to face. With uh, Since you're the health plan man, you tell us what we need to know. Well, the big thing is um, there's, there's still quite a bit uh, up in the air when it comes to some of the stuff with testing and whatever. You know, I've heard them talk about how they're not going to charge for this and this isn't going to happen. And um, it, it, that really honestly is kind of up in the air, a lot of it, but the great part about it with my plans, if a person actually ends up in the hospital, which is the biggest concern, I mean, let's yes. face it, the, the test is, is a deal, but, uh, ended up there, that would be a bad thing. And, uh, we've just beefed up all of our plans. So if someone ended up in the hospital because of COVID, it would just be a, a really good experience in, 
the way our plans are designed for those who are listening that may not have heard me talk about them, um, we use, I, I started, uh, I think probably uh, the, right before the last time I was on or maybe right after, um, I started using an analogy of kind of going to a casino and using house money. And so basically with most insurance, pretty much every plan that's out there, you pay your premium every month. And then when you have a claim, you put your money on the table first. And right. that would be in the form of co-pays, uh, a deductible. And then after you pay a deductible, you pay 20%, usually, you know, with an 80-20 plan mm-hmm. or 70-30, whatever that might be. And then up to a certain amount, it might be 5000 7000 however many dollars a year. And then the insurance company puts its money on the table. And our philosophy is what a novel idea. Everybody pays premiums every month. How about if the company puts its money on the table first? And <clears throat> so that's basically the way it works. And with my wife and I last year, we had $28,000 in medical bills. And not only did we pay nothing out of pocket for the whole year, we actually had our deductible met with no money out of pocket. And we had about $2,700 left over. So it was like we went to a casino or handed 30000 and some change and walked away with money in our pocket. Uh, it's just a tremendous scenario. And I have people that are screenshotting me copies of checks that they get all the time. So basically, with our insurance, we're going to pay the provider and any money that's left over, our clients get in the form of a check. And if there's bill left over, the client pays the difference. Really simple. Yeah, it, sound, like it said, sounds What simple. a novel idea. Okay, so it's what, yourhealthplanman.com? Is that where they need to go for? Yeah, yourhealthplanman.com. And if uh, anybody were to, um, and they can text me at 501-605-6935. They can text me and say, Pat, I want to get a copy of your new report. I, I wrote a report called 10 Costly Mistakes people make shopping for health plans online. And uh, I've had a number of people that have been reading that and they really like it and it really helps them. And, you know, my big thing is even if a person's not looking for health insurance, give me a shot. You'd probably be surprised how many people I've been able to save so much money. I have people that have gone with me. Uh, they thought maybe I'll see if I can get insurance for my, my, my husband and my children or my wife and my children. And I'll stay on my work insurance myself because it costs so much to add people to their work insurance yes, usually. And, and I end up doing the whole family's policy because my rates are that good. That sounds great. So what's the number one mistake people make when they go to the Internet and they're looking for health insurance? Because that's usually the way people do their insurance. Yeah, perfect. So ironically, um, my first mistake that people make that I wrote about in my little uh, report 
the first mistake people make shopping for health care online is shopping for health insurance online. And what happens is they go online and they they click an ad from Facebook or do whatever. And don't get me wrong, I have a lot of that stuff I'm working on right now um, so people can reach me in multiple ways. Um, but they go online and then they get a call from an agent or they get an email from an agent and they will receive contacts for five years. And the reason I know that is because I have a friend who years ago went to try and get some information on Medicare. And he said, Pat, I still get calls. Um, and so I tell people, you know, if you're really, if you're thinking about going and looking online for a plan, just get ready. You're going to get bombarded. And they don't need to because I'm totally independent. That means I can write for any company out there. And now I don't because I'm like, why would I want to write for anybody except for the company that's taking best care of me? And I go over that when I talk to people, uh, the name of the company and all that kind of stuff. But my, my experience that my wife and I had last year, we turned, as you know, Dave, we turned a five day trip to Italy, which I won with my company. We turned a five night trip to Venice, Italy, uh, into a 18 day 40th anniversary gift to each other, my wife and I. I know you like uh, you like that rubbing money that we you eat. love rubbing this into me every time I have you on. Now you rub this <laughs> in. <laughs> Not meant to. Not meant to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You keep saying that, but you always bring it up. I'm just saying <laughs> it's this way. But you know, it's something to talk about because it's very, very important. All right, we got to get our first uh, our, our break in this half hour. So let's do that, and then we'll come back and talk some more, Pat, when we return. If you want to text Pat, uh, you call him at five o. You text him at five o one six zero five. 6935 that's the number or visit him online to yourhealthplanman.com 287,619 dollars it's a lot of money what would you do with that that extra 287,619 dollars in retirement It's how much uh, a Little Rock couple could save in taxes with their IRA and 401k thanks to the tax planning strategies from David Lucas Financial, and they're right here in Little Rock. You can learn exactly how much money you could save with a free retirement tax analysis. If you've saved more than $250,000, be one of the first 10 callers to schedule your free analysis now at 501-222-3315. Do you have an IRA or a 401k? If you're planning for retirement, of course you do. Learn how much money in taxes you could save by calling 501-222-3315. It's 501-222-3315. Investment advisory services offered through David Lucas Financial an Arkansas registered investment advisor. All right, we're down to uh, about uh, eight minutes remaining here in this uh, half hour. And Pat Davis is our guest. Pat is your health plan man. Reach him at yourhealthplanman.com or text him at 501 605 
601-605-6935. One more time, 501-605-6935. Okay, so Pat, during these COVID-19 times that we're living through right now, what should people be considering about health care or health, you know, health insurance? What should they be looking at? Are you there, Pat? I am. I had some something playing in the background. I couldn't hear. Were you asking me a question? Yeah, I was. Uh, COVID nineteen. Are there? Is it time to look differently at health care insurance now than it was in the past? Ah, uh, gosh, that's a good question. I, I don't know. I think to me, uh, health insurance is just something that you just don't want to play games with. Um, last year, like I shared with my perfect example, uh, we've, my wife and I both have had really, really great health. Um, last year was not a good scenario. I was in the hospital a year ago this month, actually, I was leaving the hospital a year ago on the 5th of June and I was in for four nights with a pulmonary embolism, almost died. Wasn't cool at all. Um, I just looked at my blood thinner just now that I just got in the mail. Right. <laughs> the uh, I get from a Canadian pharmacy, but um, it's just it's just a really a thing that you just don't know. I uh, my son works with a company, and um, they do you know health insurance for for Medicare stuff, and they had a young man, thirty one years old, who ended up having a stroke and in the hospital for ten days. Wow. I mean, you just don't know. It, it, it's just nothing to mess around with. And I have more and more people, who, you know, reaching out to me and saying, you know, I just hit 40 or whatever that age might be. Well, I'll be 62 this next month. And it's just nothing to play games with. You never know what's going to happen. And the thing is, if you're, you're going to get it, why pay uh, in many cases, like with what I call the big box insurance companies, Blue Cross and the other companies like that, why pay 30 to 50% more or even more than that than you would with our premiums? And what's tremendous is what makes us very, very unique is we pay you to go to the doctor. In central Arkansas, the plans that we have, uh, that's just the way they work. So if someone goes to the doctor, they're going to get some form of a check after you know going for their offices right i mean you just don't get that anywhere else that just doesn't happen people pay a 25 or whatever dollar copay i had somebody who's native american and she goes well i can just go to oklahoma and i can you know go and have uh my my health care whatever at the tribe and and i said yeah that's true and it won't cost you anything at all but you got to pay for your gas and not only are you not just going to get free health care if you use our insurance here, you're going to actually get paid to go to the doctor. So you save your money on gas and you get paid. It's like people can't come up with a scenario when it comes to a doctor visit or whatever that their insurance is going to be better than mine. Unless somebody likes paying a $25 copay instead of getting $50. And, and here's what's incredible. My wife um, and I, our clinic, believe it or not, is not in our network, which is really hard to find any clinic that's not in the network because it's so big, largest in the country, about a million members. And so we pay cash. We pay 
uh, $85 for an office visit, and we get a check for $160. So we get paid $75 to go to the doctor. How many people get that? Yeah. Not very many. And, well, and we yeah. have a brand new association we're coming out with people, um, and it's going to be available for a song. So we're constantly working on, you know, developing uh, better things. Uh, we just did a, a pretty interesting, just to show, you know, the power of what we do, interesting um training for new agents and to develop our team leaders, which I'm one of them. And we had Sandy Gennaro, who was the drummer for Cindy Lauper, the Monkees, Joan Jett, uh, was on our call yesterday working with us doing the training. So that's pretty, that's pretty cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's... You, don't, you don't have that kind of stuff with other companies. And I had a guy the other day, he said, Pat, I didn't get paid and I need, I don't know what to do. Um, I'm not going to be able to cover my bank draft. And I called the company 10 minutes before they closed on a Friday and got his draft date changed to two days later so he didn't have to worry about it. I can't do that with any other company I've worked for. The big name companies, it might take a week, two weeks, or forget it. You know, most of the time it's just forget it. You can't even get a hold of anybody. So I love that. And my clients, all um, receive that from me. I give them that personal touch, and that's a big deal to people. You know, my wife and I own the products that we tell people to buy. That's very, very unique. Most insurance agents don't even own what they sell. That's just a fact. Yeah, that and that's important. I, and this is something that I get people who who text me, Pat, and they call and they uh, they send me emails, and they'll say okay, this sounds too good to be true, but I'm going to look into it. Well, what about this Pat Davis guy? Do you trust him, Dave? And I always say he wouldn't be on my show unless I trust him. When I'm yeah. when I'm talking about uh, on the air, live about a company, you know I believe that the person that I'm representing will do exactly what he's telling you, and what he's telling you is exactly the truth. Because, look, I only have my word to fall back on. And if I ever break my word to you, my listener, uh, it's hard to get it back. And so I yeah. uh, work hard uh, to make sure that people are doing what they say they're going to do. And I can tell you without a doubt, Pat Davis does that. He will take good care of you. You call him if you like what you hear from him. Know that whatever he tells you is the truth. Yeah, you're, what you said about your integrity, that's the same with me. If we don't have our integrity, as far as I'm concerned in business, we don't have anything. You're right. And uh, I won't throw my integrity away. I have people that I won't get a policy for because of, you know, maybe specific pre-existing conditions that I know aren't going to be covered well. Or, and I'm not saying all, but just some. And, but then I have people who have really horrible health, but they have a spouse who's got great health and we insure them both. And, and I'll give one a guaranteed issue policy. So uh, we do some great stuff. Uh, my wife went just recently and had a glaucoma test done and um, they paid for the, the visit. We were getting ready to go, you know, somewhere. And, and I think we're getting ready to go to Bridal Vale Falls over in Conway, matter of fact. And, um, 
we uh, were getting ready to leave, and and I'm like, why did you get a bill? And I open it up, and there's a check in there for $320 for tests and stuff that she had done at an eye doctor. And that was a specialist, you know, visit. And I didn't know how it would be covered. But we just continue, you know, to be amazed. Last year, she got a check for over $3,100 almost on her birthday in August. Um, when she had a colonoscopy done, they found a polyp, and that means that they have um, a surgery that they have to do. Yeah. And so we took that check and we booked hotels for our trip to Italy from Milan all the way to Sicily. And, and that's using the insurance company's money. I mean, it just doesn't get any better than that. I agree. And, and I used to have clients all the time. I had a guy that got you know bit by his neighbor's dog, and he told me, Pat, I just got two checks for almost $500 total with my bill paid in full. He goes, I'm biting myself on my other hand, and I'm going back to the doctor, back to the urgent care. <laughs> I got gotcha. All right, Pat and we Davis. We don't encourage that, obviously, but, hey, it, it is what it is. I got you, know, you Pat. It's nice getting a check. We're, so, out of, we're out of time, Pat. But Pat is your health plan man. Visit him at yourhealthplanman.com or text him at 501-605-6935. He'll get right back in touch with you and uh, answer all your questions. Pat's always a pleasure. Thanks for the time. We'll get with you here uh, in the next two or three months. All right? Thanks, Dave. Always. All right. Appreciate talk, you. Talk to you later. Pat Davis here on the uh, Dave Ellswick Show. All right. Carrie Murphy's up next after the news, and he's going to talk what to expect at the Saline County Gun Show in the next half hour. And it's all happening right here on the Dave Ellswick Show. show and uh carrie murphy is on with us saline county gun show coming up this weekend and carrie i'm uh i was given the okay for father's day and to buy a, a gun this year and that's not often that i get that okay but i got the okay but i can't find the gun that i'm looking for because evidently because of covid 19 excuse me a lot of the uh, gun manufacturers aren't keeping up with uh, the guns that people want and the one that i want is an ar-15 12 gauge i mean that's what i'm buying next so uh yeah you know how how i mean it's getting difficult to find the firearms that we want it, it's not just your it's not just that ar platform either i mean it's it um the whole market has just it's they've sucked all the i mean a lot of handguns uh tactical shotguns uh shock waves it doesn't matter uh, i've been having some on order for uh three months now that i put in ahead of time when all this started i knew 
tactical shotguns would be big. And I started placing orders for people that wanted them, and uh, they've had them on back order at these, you know, at the FFL dealers that's ordered some for me. But they, um, it's it's uh, getting hard to find. Everybody's out there. All this stuff going on, world's going crazy, and um, people talking about burning it down. Well, come down to rural Arkansas. <laughs> we'll, we'll burn it down for you. I, I love what you're saying because uh, I, I think I read an article. It was I read an article. I did read the article, but I think that in it it said that gun sales right now, uh, I mean, during the time Obama was president, they were at an all-time high, but we are 85% beyond those numbers now. Yeah, uh, I'll give you, for instance, uh, a dealer at a show in Louisiana is just as hot as Arkansas, but um, a dealer uh, at a show, uh, he normally he'll sell all 50 to 75 guns. There's no problem for him to sell at one show. And at the last show in Louisiana, he sold 168 guns in one show, Whoa. two days. It was a record, and he was so it was so busy with paperwork they they, they just couldn't do nothing but constantly turn doing the paperwork, doing the paperwork, doing the paperwork. It was crazy. Uh, if you you know ammo, uh, same way people are running out of ammo, can't get it in quick enough, and. Um, you know, I'm going to have some ammo people there. It's going to be hitting, you know, they're going to have some of it, but they don't have a lot of the, you know, normal calibers, nine, stuff like that. But I've got some people there with five, five, six shotgun rounds, the other 45s, 40. I mean, they're, they're going to have a variety, 308s. And, but, you know, it's not going to be a lot because there's a lot of it's gone. And uh, the market, everybody's just, it's like a vacuum cleaner, boy. They turned on the super vacuum. They sucked it all up, and uh, everybody's ready for you know what, yep. whatever's to come. If it gets ugly, you know, the people who are preparing are going to be prepared. The ones that have not will not be. I mean, it's that's what people find out about COVID-19. I mean, it makes sense to maybe have an extra few rolls of toilet paper in the closet. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, but now they're going to be guns there. We're going to have a lot oh, of guns. We're sold, we've been sold out for a month on vendors, and um, so there's a ton of guns. We'll have ammo. We'll have knives. We'll, there'll be all kinds of stuff you can uh, purchase there. So I just, um, but you know, your specific gun. I don't know if somebody's going to have that there. I'll look for you, but. Um, I know that there are some handguns out there that are just going off the shelf so fast that it's hard to, you know, hard to find. When you see one, you better get it. Hey, by the way, do you ever watch that show on television? I think it's on uh, uh, the History Channel or Discovery Channel. It's one or the other. Uh, Mountain Men. Do you ever watch that show? Yeah, I watch it sometimes. Okay. There's a guy from the Ozarks here in Arkansas that makes knives. And he's featured on that show now. It's been the last two seasons. Does he ever show up at any of your shows by chance? Um, no, not uh, that guy doesn't. Now, we have custom knife makers that come down old Washington and down in Texarkana. Uh-huh. And, uh, and so they'll come down. Some will. Uh, some sit up at Benton. Uh, we have some Benton, uh, Bud Richards and others that come. They custom make well-known for knives. Uh Texarkana show, I tend to get more of them because it's closer to the house, and and they come in and do that show. But 
we do have them at the show, or and we have some people that carry the custom made knives from folks. They may not be the one that make you know that made it, but they sell all only custom made stuff that they have there. Uh, I mean, we're talking knives that sometimes can run three, four thousand dollars. They'll have you know. I used to when they did. Ni- I don't even know if they're still doing the knife show or not. Uh, but when they would have the knife show and they were having it at the Robinson, I used to have the knife makers on. I mean, that is that is a real artisan type of thing that oh, they yeah. do. It's amazing the, how they keep, you know, they do that Damascus steel and stuff. It's really interesting yeah. to watch. Well, you know, with Saline County uh, down here at Old Fashioned Days this last year, I got the custom knife makers, Bud Richards and his buddies, and they brought the forge out on the courthouse lawn, and they were hammering and forging, showing you how you make a knife That's by hand. That's cool. That's cool. And uh, the way people, when you see what goes into it by hand, then you realize, man, to make it look that pretty and nice and all the etching on it and uh, even especially folding blades, and you you put all the detail into it and you think, man, no wonder it's got that much money. But it is. It's like a, a painting. People buy them for collectors, and they don't plan on using them in the woods, nope. uh, you know, but uh, – it's it's just a collector item. It's, it's really it's amazing like to look at what they do with the handles. You know, I mean, the grips on those things are are absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And, and and they they make them from all kinds of stuff, uh, whether it's a, a resin or a, a you know some tree over in Africa that they get, or uh, even you know tusk. Um, you can't get the ivory like that anymore, but there's. Um, you know, they they mammoth bones. I mean, you just never know what the handle is going to be made out of. That's what it's. Everyone's different. It's like you said, it's like a painting. You know. Yeah, it's it really is, and and you're going to see folks that do that for a living, and people who sell people people's wares at the the, the gun show, Sling County Gun Show, that's coming up here uh, in just a, a few days, and we'll talk about exactly what days and what the cost is, and some other stuff that's going to be there. And then I got a, a personal question that I'll ask. What do you, and, and just think about this, Carrie, all right? Now, you're former military. You probably can give me a real good answer on this when we come back. And that is, what kind of load would you use in an AR-15 12-gauge for home defense? We'll talk about it. When we come up on the Dave Ellswick Show, we got to get a break in. Let's do that. It's uh, 15 minutes after 8 o'clock. All right, Kerry Murphy is our guest. He's the man behind the uh, gun shows for the most part around our central Arkansas area. There's one coming up this weekend, the Saline County Gun Show. Uh, Kerry, what days and uh, what times and what cost? It is this Saturday at the Benton Event Center uh, from 9 to 5 and Sunday from 9 to 4. And it's uh, the mission's ten dollars for adult to get in. Uh, that's good for both days. Uh, age eleven to fifteen is five dollars. Ten and under is free. Military and police get a two dollar discount. So if you have prior military, uh, you know, show an ID or uh, your tattoo or whatever you want to show that I know you were in, <laughs> you get two dollars off. 
So if, as long as if you get a tattoo, this you know, is in a inconspicuous place. If yeah, you I got gotcha. you. <laughs> so if you got a tattoo that says "Simplify, Do or Die," you're going to get in. Oh, I know you're in, buddy. You're, you're, <laughs> hey, Devil Dog, Simplify, you're in. You All show right, me brother. a bulldog and a unit, boom, you got it. Okay, Two dollars well, off. Let, let's talk about uh, some information people can use and uh, with uh, some of the crazy stuff that's been going on and not so much in Arkansas, although we had a little bit of an outbreak of it in uh, Little Rock for a, about a week and a half or two weeks, not so much anymore. But, you know, if you're in some of the bigger cities, it's been uh, going on and continues to reinvent itself every weekend. Uh We've heard Antifa say, we're going to come to your neighborhoods and going to take them back. All right. Now, they've made that statement several times. When you think about home defense, first of all, let me ask my question. AR-15 12-gauge or just a 12-gauge pump, uh, what's the best load to have in that 12-gauge for home protection? Well, if it depends on if you've got other people in the house with you. All right. So, for instance, you're in the home alone. And somebody's coming in and you're in a rough neighborhood or something, you know, just somebody breaking in. You don't have to be a rough neighborhood, but you know that if they come through the front door, they're not leaving. Well, buckshot. You need double up buck. Okay. You, so, you know, that's going through the sheetrock and all. If you've got people in the house and you don't want to, you know, you're just down a hallway and you want them to, you're going to hurt them, but they're going to get out and they're going to leave. Then you could go with the number six, like a bird shot. Or, you know, a, a squirrel shot. It's going to penetrate the skin. It's going to get in, but it's not going to, you know, it's not going to kill them. Uh-huh. Uh, it could. I'm not saying it can't, all right? Right. But it's not, the number six bird shot's not going through uh, sheetrock. Now, they make specialty rounds that are, uh, they have these darts, and they really look like little arrows of metal, and they're, in, they're packed in there in the shotgun shell. And that will not go through sheetrock, but it will pepper and, and um, it'll penetrate. And, you know, it's going to – you can use that, too, if you've got kids in the house. Okay. You can have that shotgun by your bed or in your bedroom, and you shoot, and you know that, hey, if the kid's next sleeping in the room, you don't know if they're up at the bathroom or where, but you know that it's just going to stay in that hall and penetrate, you know, and hit the person that's down the hall or at the door. All right, so, so that's, a, that's a good answer for 12-gauge. But when you're talking, uh, I don't know, 380s, 9mm, 44, uh, what should you do? Because people have to understand, if you're shooting at an intruder in your home, there's walls behind them, and there's no telling what's behind the wall that's behind that possible target. So you want to you wanna have a round that, will take care of the target but you don't want to perhaps sit somebody on the other side of the wall and you know l- you know lethally uh hit them well when it comes to self-defense and a handgun um uh i'm using a, a hollow point uh you know they've got all kinds of critical defense shells i don't if i'm loading it you know with the handgun you're just going to have to practice your shoot name and know you're going to have to think of ahead in that scenario. And that's why I'm saying if you have kids in the house, the shotgun, 20 gauge, 12 gauge, using a different round where it doesn't penetrate, then you're, you're going to be safer on there. You, any handgun, 
380, it's going through that sheetrock. Okay. So you're not going to – it's not going to stop. Now, 22, you might can get some, but then you're – then you're running the risk of not even hitting the intruder, stopping them, slowing them down enough. If you don't know if they're on something, you know, some drugs and, and a little bit more, you know, souped up where they can make it down the hall at you or through the door. If they're busting through the door, they're already ramped up on something because they're yeah. full of stupid. Yeah, well, so, they're full of adrenaline, number one. Right. So you're going to have to... You're just going to have to think about them scenarios ahead because if there's somebody else in the house with you, unless they're in the bed sleeping and you get up and you know they're still down, you know, laying there, you don't know where they could be. They, they, the little kid could be in the bathroom. You don't know if they're getting up, going to get something in the kitchen. You just you got to prepare for that stuff. And I've got people that's been buying the 20 gauge and 12 gauge, and they're buying the specialty rounds and they're buying the bird shot. So. Okay. Well, I'm, I got to tell you, I'm not going to use birdshot. My, my, <laughs> you know, I, I believe what my daddy always told me, and that is, uh, don't show a gun unless you intend to use it and use it for its intended purpose. Yep. Never point it unless you're going to pull the trigger. That's well. That's exactly right. And and that's something you made. You just made a statement about, and you said, get out there and and. Uh, and, and and get yourself you know trained and then practice you don't don't wait until you know the adrenaline is at you know a hundred percent and you got somebody in your house and now you gotta where's the safety on my firearm and all that kind of stuff you need to know you got to train enough that it becomes second nature correct yeah, because you, like I told somebody the other day, I was showing them on the a 20 gauge, and I said, now listen, you've got kids in the house, don't leave one in the chamber. They're not going to find this button, but if you're going to have it at your bed and there's a chance at night, something, you know, just have it. But once you, once you have it, you got to hit this button, and you got to remember to, uh, you know, eject it in. That noise alone, when somebody comes in your house and they hear that noise of that shotgun racking that shell in, they know I'm in the wrong house. Yeah, that, that, that right there might be enough to deter them to leave. Then you're going to have to yell at them, not li- nice language, to get out. Right. You know, and and plus I put a laser on it, so the shockwave it has a laser, so you're going to see a red dot come down the hall. So if you didn't hear the round shot, you know, lock in, they didn't hear you yell at him to get out, and then he's going to see a red dot on his chest. So he's got three chances to turn around. I'm with you. Okay, so you suggest, uh, like my wife's uh, th- three uh, three eighty. I've got a crimson trace on it. So when you pick up the gun, your, your the palm of your gun or your hand goes right over the butt of the gun and triggers that. So that laser comes out. And I I've taught her that you know you put that laser where you want the bullets to go, and then you pull the trigger until the gun stops shooting. Uh, you know, with that. With that kind of thought process, what about a light? Do you do you think that you take a rail and you put a light on it? I'm thinking if you're in the dark, you know the house better than the perpetrator does. You might not want to, you know, give them where you're at by turning the light no, on. No, me personally, I know, you know, a light is just to see if you know the person, right? That's right. going to let you. 
if if there's a violent breaking in, then it, you know unless you have a I mean, say you have a teenager or somebody that drinks, right? And, you know, and they come, there's different, every scenario is a little different on your, in your situation. But if I don't have that issue and I know that I don't have any family members that go out and get drunk and bust into my house. Right. Well, if that's coming in, then yes, I'm going to point. I don't want to light because they're going to, if they have a gun already drawn, they know where you're at right away. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're looking, I, I find that you're looking to see what you're seeing with the light instead of thinking about that red dot's on them, I'm pulling the trigger. I got you're, you. you're more focused on who is it versus I'm getting rid of the threat. Okay. All right. So you got so, the gun show coming up at the Benton uh, Event Center this Saturday, this Sunday. Doors open both days at 9 o'clock, close at 5 on Saturday, 4 on Sunday. So you got plenty of time to go in. How many how many vendors total are you going to have? And again, it's ten dollars to get in if you're an adult, and uh, give us those prices uh, if you're a kid. It's uh, age eleven to fifteen is five dollars, and age ten and under is free. Military and police get a two dollar discount, and now and that's good for both days, right? And we we have all kinds of stuff, whether it's the guns, the handguns, new used. We've got a guy making Kydex holsters, so if you have a cool handgun you need a holster for bring it in he'll custom make it right there for you uh leather holsters there's leather people there making stuff um it's going to be all kinds of stuff you can find knives um you know a lot of good self-defense things will be there all right and then it's going to be you know packed we had to do social distancing on some of it so we spread it out a little bit so we uh, had to cut out about 20 tables but we still have a full house sold out of vendors we're just going to practice social distance. We're going to have the hand sanitizer around. The health department is, you know, all of our vendors and stuff will have to wear a mask. All right. And I've got um, a mask at the door for you if you don't have one when you come up. So. All right. That sounds good, Kerry. Sounds like you got it all under control. Thanks so much. Appreciate you being on. And, you know, keep on keeping us uh, set up so we can defend ourselves. We appreciate you. Well, thanks for having me, Dave, and everybody come out to a great show this weekend. Yeah, definitely do that. Kerry Murphy here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Sean Hannity's up now. Let's get to Sean, see what he has for us, and then we'll return, and I'll talk about Black Lives Matter. All right, hey, don't forget about uh, that VA benefits uh, town hall that's happening at 4 o'clock today. The Undersecretary of the VA will be on uh, the air. That is uh, Dr. Uh, Paul Lawrence, and uh, he will have information for you if you're a a vet or you're a retiree uh, to bring you up to date on what they're doing about COVID-19 and in other topics as well. Plus, you can call in and ask a question. Uh, Let me give you that number so you'll have it at your disposal when you uh, are being part of this 833-380-0417 that's 833-380-0417 and uh if you were with me in the last hour at uh, 706 uh you heard pastor george witten with me he's having a uh uh, a prayer vigil today at one o'clock. He is traveling across the United States, going to 
uh, a lot of the state capitals and uh, and praying for our nation. If you'd like to be part of that, because there is power in prayer, uh, join the pastor at uh, one o'clock this afternoon on the steps of the Capitol. That's Pastor George Witten, and uh, he'll be happy to to see you. I'm sure. Martha McCallum sat down uh, yesterday during her show, and she talked with a guy uh, by the name of uh, Hawk Newsom. He is the president of the Greater New York Black Lives Matter. Now, it seems to me that what is occurring is that uh, Black Lives Matter is kind of morphing. Uh, and this this typically happens with these kinds of, uh, of groups uh, that are out there that are uh, anti-government and, and whatnot. And they're going from being uh, a kind of a, an, an, an adversarial group by you know protesting. They've moved up now into uh, causing problems as far as burning things, tearing down things, stuff like that, to kind of morphing into a Black Panthers type uh, uh, group. Now, the Black Panthers started back in the 60s, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of you remember, you know, uh, Huey Lewis, not Huey Lewis, Huey. Uh, now I got Huey Lewis's name in my head, and it wasn't Huey Lewis. Okay, I'm just telling you, Bobby Seale and the rest. Okay, uh, that started the Black Panthers. They started in Oakland, California. Uh, I found it interesting yesterday. A story came out that. The mayor of Oakland is talking about getting rid of the police, disbanding them, totally getting rid of them, not having them in her city at all. And with the crime problems that they have in Oakland, you talk about doing something absolutely insane that her picture should be next to the word insane. Uh, But Hawk Newsom and, and others are now arming themselves and saying uh, we don't want the police here we will police ourselves in other words vigilante groups taking over and uh, and doing that and this is not a good thing it wasn't a good thing when the black panthers started uh, although when the black panthers began they were feeding people housing people and were doing great things for the people in the districts that they were in. But it morphed into a militant group that uh, were getting into shootouts with uh, uh, the uh, uh, police and things of that nature. Some of you will remember uh, Bobby Steele and his death in Chicago uh, and and what happened uh, during uh, that time. But Hawk Newsom last night on with uh, Martha McCallum and made this statement uh, about uh, violence. And uh, she asked him, what exactly is it that you hope to achieve through violence? And he said, wow, that's an in- that's interesting that you would pose that question like that, Newsom responded. Quote, because this country is built ab- upon violence. Okay, let's, let's deconstruct that because that's wrong. Once you understand, that's wrong. Because he says... 
our country is built upon violence. What was the American Revolution? Well, I'll tell you what the American Revolution was. It was a people who was on the under the thumb of a foreign government that had no uh, way of uh, bringing their uh, problems uh, to people who would turn a sympathetic ear to them and try to work things out. Didn't have that back in before the American Revolution. The British government governed the colonies and, uh, in fact, governed the colonies in such a way that you were a second-class citizen. And they rebelled against that. But it wasn't because uh, they just wanted to turn to violence. That's not why the revolution started. He says, look at how we do our diplomacy across the globe. And says, we go in and we blow countries up and then replace their leaders with leaders who we like. That's not true either. Uh, The only way we get to go into a country is if the American people agree with going into those countries. The American people got behind our armies in World War I and World War II uh, during the Korean War. And this was aggression by foreign nations that had to be stopped. It's such that we decided, hey, we think everybody should be westernized and be Americanized. And so uh, we send our army in and, and, uh, go, and go and fight. That's, you know, it's just, that's crazy. That's a, that's a bastardization of uh, the history of, of America. That is a untrue narrative. Uh, so McCallum clar- clarified her question and uh, and said, what about this thing? If this country doesn't and, uh, you know about violence, is that how you're going to turn? And she, he said, if this country doesn't give us what we want, then we will burn down this system and replace it, all right? And I could be- – now listen to how he tries to cover this up. You're going to love this. This way cowards talk, just so you'll know. I could be speaking figuratively or I could be speaking literally. It's a matter of interpretation. No, it's a matter of what you want to do. I, you know, I'm, if you say you want to burn the system down, I'm going to take you at your word. Okay, be honest with you. The worst thing you can do is for, have somebody tell you they're going to do something and somehow it's going to affect you in a negative way and you just you know blow it off as if oh yeah just a bunch that's just a bunch of hot air no take it take it for what they're saying take it for the truth don't don't sit there and try to figure out if the person's being you know figuratively with you or if they're being literal with you because if you're wrong could mean your life He said, let's observe the history of the 1960s when black people were rioting. We had the highest growth in wealth and property ownership. Think about the last few weeks since we started protesting. There have been eight cops fired across the country. Now, I don't condone nor do I condemn rioting. Listen to that statement. Heidi, this guy is just playing. He's playing people. He's saying, I don't condone, nor do I condemn rioting. You you don't sit on the fence on this, folks. You either do one 
or you do the other. You're either out to burn the system down or you're not. Don't say that you're out to burn the system down and then say, I'm just being figurative about it. Later in the interview, Newsom insisted Black Lives Matter movement is about saving lives and its adherents should be applauded for upholding the Second Amendment. Quote, nobody's talking about ambushing police officers. Wrong. Take you this weekend, Tampa, Florida. Did you hear about this, Heidi? What happened in Tampa? Over the weekend on Saturday? They got a call for shots fired at a certain intersection in Tampa. The police showed up and about 200 people came out of the woodwork right around them and attacked them. Throwing bottles at them and, and whatever. I know they hurt seriously one police officer. They were throwing glass at people. Uh, and uh, they attacked the police, and more and more people started showing up. It was it was an ambush that they had set up. That That's what they did. And uh, I think the people who ambushed them are lucky that the police officers didn't pull out you know, their, their riot gear, because at that point now they're trying to, if not hurt you, kill you, uh, you get the opportunity at that point to defend your life. They're, they're really lucky nobody got shot. You know, nobody's talking about ambushing police, he says. Wrong. We're talking about protecting lives. Wrong. There's nothing more American than that. Okay. We talk about uplifting and upholding the Second Amendment, but it seems to be the hypocrisy of America that when black people start talking about arming themselves and defending themselves, talk is violent. It's violent when you actually start pointing guns at people that uh, are innocent people and start firing. And that's happened during these riots as well. Quote, but when white people grab assault rifles and go to our nations, their state capitals, it's all good. Look, if you want to take an AR-15 and and uh, parade around and protest, I don't have any problem with that at all. I do have problems when you start using it. Because there's no reason to use it. Now, the interview took a turn after McCollum read a quote from Dr. Martin Luther King and asked Newsom if he agreed with it. Let us be dissatisfied, King told the Southern Christian Leadership Conference in 1967 until that day when nobody will shout white power, when nobody will shout black power, but everybody will talk about God's power and human power. Newsom responded, I love the Lord and my Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ is the most famous black radical revolutionary in history. He was not a black uh, radical. He was a Jew, all right? And he didn't come to be a, a radical like these people are being. He came to deliver the good news of how you could be, uh, you know, your, your relationship with God could be repaired. says that uh, Jesus Christ was treated just like Dr. King. He was arrested on occasion. He was also crucified or assassinated. That's what happens to black activists who are killed by the government. This guy has a skewed up view of, uh, of history, to say the least. All right, we'll finish it up in just a moment. Got to get my final break in. Traffic and weather here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 1011 FM, The Answer. 
All right, we got about nine minutes uh, till nine o'clock here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I'm going to play a little bit of music to end the show today and remind you about something. You'll probably be cursing me as you're driving down the road uh, when I remind you about this. I was reminded, blame Heidi. Call Heidi here and tell her, why would you tell Dave something like that? Don't you know he'll use it? Uh, Anyway, uh, tomorrow we got a great guest at 6.35 in the morning. Maybe you only get up at 6.45 or excuse me, seven o'clock, get up a little early. Uh, I got an interview with uh, Dinesh D'Souza for you at 635, dealing with his brand new book, The United States of Socialism. Who's behind it, why it's evil, and how to stop it. Just reading off the uh, back of the book, it says, slavery lasted for centuries, uh, even for thousands of years, all right, before it was recognized as a thoroughly wicked and tyrannical regime of human exploitation Uh, socialism which dates back to 1917 when Lenin founded the world's first socialist state has had a much shorter shelf life it too collapsed across the world because the people who lived under it considered it to be a form of slavery no serious person today would advocate the return of slavery in the United States Slavery still exists in all parts of different parts of the world. How ridiculous it would be to hear someone say the failures of slavery were all failures of implementation. This time we're really going to make it work. Yet here we have socialism in America attempting to come back and on precisely those terms. This time we're going to get it together. Serious people are advocating it. There is a sustained cultural push to hypothesize it. A major political party is pushing aggressively toward it. How is this possible? Apparently, socialism means never having to say you're sorry and really looked at the millions of deaths that it has caused. So uh, tomorrow at 6.35 for about 25 minutes, we'll be lucky to have Dinesh D'Souza on, And uh, he's talking about his brand new book, The United States of Socialism. And he'll talk about who's behind it. It's not Eugene Debs this time. Uh, Why it's evil and and how to stop it. You know, we're talking about AOC and Warren and, and, uh, and, and Bernie and all the rest of them. So we'll be speaking about that tomorrow here on the, uh, the Dave Ellswick uh, show. Uh, Also Robert and, uh, Chris will be on tomorrow, our legal beagles that join us each Friday for a couple of hours, because a lot of the things that happen in our government are determined uh, by uh, court cases. Uh, The Flynn case was finally determined uh, by an appellate court, finally telling the judge they had overstepped their bounds. However, uh, there are some people who don't feel that. I sent uh, uh, Robert a, uh, a story last night that I read and just infuriated me. It was written by Slate. Of course, it's going to infuri- infuriate me uh, when you consider that uh, they are so hugely, uh, you know, behind uh, the left. All right, before I get out of here, and I'll see you again tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., uh, we're going to start off and remind you uh, – 
before we end the show today about the VA call in 833 this town hall 833-380-0417 if you got any questions about the VA and stuff call that number at four o'clock this afternoon at one o'clock if you have time if you can get away and get your lunch set up to run down to the state capitol to the steps and join uh, pastor george witten please do that he'll be uh, praying for the nation and would like as many christians as possibly can uh, join him in prayer to do so today and then last but not least before we leave today i want to leave with a little bit of uh uh, music for you go ahead Heidi bring it up we'll get it going here I know it's hot out and it's going to be really hot out this afternoon it's going to be near 102 degrees feels like but today is June 25th and you are halfway to Christmas that's right today is happy half Christmas day so I'll uh, I'll play you some music get you ready for that and I'll see you tomorrow at 6 a.m. He sees you when you're sleeping, he knows when you're away. He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. Oh, you better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout, I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. You better watch out, you better not cry, better not pout, I'm telling you why. He sees you when you're sleeping, he knows when you're awake, he knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. Oh, you better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout, I'm telling you why, Santa Claus is coming to town. Little tin horns and little toy drums, Rudy Toot Toots and Rummy Tom Toms. Santa Claus is coming to town. Cry, better not pout, I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Little tin horns and little toy drums, Rudy Toot Toots and Rummy Tom Toms. Santa Claus is coming to town. And curly head dolls that toddle and coo, <laughs> elephant boats and kitty cars too. Santa Claus is coming to town.